Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, St. Louis Cardinals fans? And welcome to another Believe in Cardinals podcast. As always, I am your host, Braxton Wheeler. Today's date is June 9th, 2023, and this is episode number 31. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SiriusXM, Amazon Music, Pandora, and many more. If you enjoy this show, please hit the subscribe button so you can be part of the first listen club. Every time a new show is posted about the birds on the bat, you can also follow me on Twitter at Brax, B-R-A-X-X-X 26 as I post content daily. And send me a message whenever you'd like if you want to hear something specific on the show. All right, guys. So this is actually a podcast different than I've ever done before. I'm actually recording this live during the Cincinnati Reds game on Friday night. Um, I've seen some other hosts of uh, Cardinals content that's done this. Somebody like Brendan Schaefer, right? He doesn't necessarily do this live right during the game, but he does this post-game, right? And he has a live stream. And his his podcasts go for about an hour and 30 minutes sometimes, which is nothing wrong with that. That's just not my style. And he also goes live on YouTube so people can chime in with some live comments. But sometimes I think when you have 162 games, that can be too much content. But anyway, he does a great job there. So anyway, I just wanted – it's a Friday night. You know, I'm relaxing. I just – so I live in a, a downtown area here in Roanoke, Virginia, and I walked across the street and I got some dinner, had some nice chicken parm, some really good chicken parm pasta. And then I walked back over to my apartment. I cut on the game and uh, I said, hey, you know what? I'm, I want to record live during this game. Give my thoughts. And, I, you know, I've been if you saw my Twitter today, I've been feeling really optimistic about this team going forward. Um, you know, you ever know when you get a feeling of something and I'll get into the state of the Cardinals here in a second. But, you know. I want to be more casual here, but do you ever get a feeling just as a fan, right? Like, I, I don't care what 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 it is. I don't care if it's a sports team. I don't care if it's a relationship. I don't care if it's a friendship or a job or anything. But sometimes you ever just get a feeling like, hey, you know, it's going to be a good day and things are going to, going to turn around if they're not headed in the right direction. And I woke up this morning and I was like, you know what? That's kind of how I feel about this Cardinals team today. And maybe you know, some of it had to do with, with some people I was dealing with on, you know, Twitter and stuff. I was talking to some Reds fans, some, you know, I'm a Bengals fan. If anyone doesn't know me, I'm a big Cincinnati Bengals fan, but I was talking to some Reds fans on Twitter and I'm like, uh, they're like, you know, you guys are going to get swept by us. And I'm like, man, you know, as a Reds fan, you guys are really confident, right? And I, I have all respect for the Cincinnati Reds just because I'm a Bengals fan. And, um, I mean, I know what the city's been through. They haven't had a competitive competitive baseball team in a while, but I'm like, guys, you know, you're 29 and 34, right? Like, you're five games under 500. 
and you're ready to celebrate that, right? Like it's been an it's been an exciting time for the Reds lately, and for the Cardinals, you know they're they're nine games under 500, and we're ready to burn the entire franchise down. So it just hit me today. I'm like, you know what? This team is really the roster is is good. Like they're not a nine games under 500 team. And I know I keep saying that. My last episode was, you know, maybe it's time to lower expectations, but at the end of the day, two can be true, right? Like. When I sit here and watch this Cardinals team as I speak, you know, Nolan Arenado hit a three, you know, a two run home run on a 3 0 count. And then Jordan Walker comes up and absolutely crushes the ball to left field. Like, this team is good, right? And they got all this, you know, De La Cruz hype. And don't get me wrong, he's a great prospect for the Reds. But I'm like, you know, it hit me when these got these Reds fans are like, oh, we're going to sweep you guys. I'm like, you just, you don't understand, man. You still got to de- deal with Arenado and Goldschmidt and Gorman and Walker and, um, you know, Paul DeYoung, he crushes the Reds, right? And you still got guys like Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson came back, like, and, and you know, Jordan Montgomery, he's he's not a, he's not a, you know, he's not a one starter, but he, he has been pitching the ball relatively well lately. He just hasn't had the numbers to show for it. So, anyway, let's get into the state of the Cardinals. Um, right now the game's four zero as I watch, and it's a good feeling. But uh, here we go, state of the St. Louis Cardinals coming into tonight, they are twenty six and thirty seven, which is um, eight games back of the NL Central lead. I'm not sure if the Brewers already played today. Let's take a look. No, they didn't. But the Brewers are actually playing the Athletics right now, and they're down four to one in a second. So this game, if the Cardinals both scores hold, the Cardinals could be seven and a half games back. So that's very doable. Um, and they are only three games back of the Reds to be in third place. So seven games back of the Pirates for second. So that's the state of the Cardinals. Um, look, man, the, the team is. I don't know. This sounds crazy, but they're in a okay position. I'm not going to say good position because anytime you are eight games back of first place in June as a minus 130 favorite to win the division, it's not ideal, right? And we all can agree on that. But this team, okay, is in a position where they have a good two to three week stretch where they go, let's just say they go 10 and three right? And the rest of the division falls. They're going to be five games back, something like that again, which is nothing. So um, the Cardinals have the talent to really cut this deficit and even win this division. Um, But what is that? These umpires, man. Sorry, I'm just, well, like I said, I'm streaming this live and they just called a a, a ball's a foot outside, a foot outside and they called it a strike against our guy. But it's, isn't it funny, right? Isn't it funny how, let's just talk baseball for a second. People always say, well, the strike zone should be the strike zone. Well, for some, I mean, I've been a pitcher my entire life, and it's not true. It is. Let me say two things about pitching. Number one, the strike zone does change. What do I mean by that? Let's say this. If you have a 3-0 count and a pitch is, let's say, borderline a strike on the outside corner, 3-0 count, they're going to call that a strike. If it's a 1-2 count or an 0-2 count, the umpire generally will call that same strike or the same pitch that he would call a strike on a 3-0 on a 1-2 pitch, a ball. That's just the way baseball is. You know, you, I, I probably watched every single Cardinals game. You know, let's say it's 162 in a season, right? I, I probably watch 145 a year. And, you know, you do that for probably six, seven, eight years straight. You start to catch on to these things. And not only that, also, and, and you know, I don't know if you got anybody listening to this podcast, guy, girls playing a, a co-ed baseball league or a baseball league. If it is a really good pitcher pitching in a co-ed league, the strike zone tightens, right? 
but if you get a plumber, like somebody comes out there and he's like a, you know, a 45, 50 year old plumber that throws 50 miles an hour, the strike zone gets wider, right? Because it's just the way it is that when, I'm, when you have a guy that's, you know, played at a college level and he's pitching, they tighten the strike zone, um, in, in a men's league, but that was completely off topic. But like I said, we're just kind of having a casual Friday night podcast and, um, uh, Anyway, the Cardinals are headed to the top of the fourth inning with a 4-0 lead. Let's talk a little bit about Ali Marmol, okay? And there was a Twitter space today, um, about lunchtime today, and we were just talking a little bit about, about Ali Marmol. And we were, we were really discussing, should Ali Marmol be the manager for the St. Louis Cardinals team? And I would say it was you know, 15 people in this space. And I would say 13 out of 15 said, no, he shouldn't be the manager for this team. And they brought up a good point that it really hit me about six months ago, you know, that what this is in baseball, there's this thing called a puppet manager, right? And what is a puppet manager? Now, whether it's a discrete definition in baseball of a puppet manager, here's what a puppet manager is. Someone, and this is my opinion, but I would almost say it's factual. A puppet manager is someone who's, who's just happy to be there, right? Someone who, when they are, you know, coaching an MLB team, they are just happy to be there. They're happy to be on the airplane headed to the next road trip. They're happy to be, you know, a manager of a, of a big league team. They're, they, they kind of... They kind of, I don't want to say puppy face, but they kind of give a puppy face to the front office, right? Like John Mosellock. And when you look at Mike Schilt and why he got fired for the Cardinals, he wasn't really a puppet, right? You know, the organization said they had different, they had a different idea in mind. And this is don't don't quote me verbatim, but the, the organization was like, hey, you know, we 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 aren't eye to eye on certain things when it comes to to how we want to run the team. And Mike Shield got fired, and this is the year, I can't remember, it was, what, 17, a 21 game, it was something like that, a 17 game win streak, a 21 game win streak, something crazy to get into the playoffs, and Mike Shield, let's just be honest, he was a manager of the year, like he wasn't just a candidate, he was an actual manager of the year, and him getting fired was definitely not warranted, it actually shocked the baseball world. Um, Mike Shield was the guy that was in the organization, of, I mean, not obviously coaching the big league club, but an organization as a whole, 17, 18 years. Um, I know he coached at the Johnson City Cardinals level, which was, you know, a rookie league team of, the, of you know, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. So anyway, to tie it back to the point of Ali Marmol is if you sit here and look at the future of this franchise, can you say without a doubt that Ali Marmol is the future of this team? And I would just say no, right? And this has nothing to do with him as a person but he does fit that puppet narrative. And, you know, there, there were coaches, and this is a factual thing, like Terry Francona, who had interest in being the manager of the Cardinals. And it could frustrate some Cardinals fans when they don't go out and get a guy like that. And when we were talking in this Twitter space today, I said, hey, you know, a guy like Terry Francona is not necessarily just happy with being in the clubhouse. He's a guy that wants to actually win a championship, right? And what a play by Paul DeYoung as I'm live here in the fourth inning. Man, that guy can play some shortstop. If he could just uh, if he could just be a 270-80 hitter, man, he'd be something else. Anyway, back to the point. You know, a guy like Terry Francona wouldn't be that way. And a guy like uh, Mike Schilt was, was not necessarily that way, but a guy like Ali Marmol is. He's not a guy that's going to criticize the front office. And um, 
anyway, I, and it, it's 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 more than that, right? Mike Schilt, I mean, excuse me, Ali Marmol is a guy that I want to see the fire. And I know it sounds maybe a little bit cliche and a little bit cringe to people about, hey, show the fire. But at some point, you know, you got to walk into the press conference after you're playing abysmal baseball as a clear favorite to win the NL Central and just say, hey, you know, we are playing like absolute ass. We're not winning games and we just look awful right now. And it doesn't mean you have to throw your players under the bus. It doesn't mean that you have to make your guys look like fools. But it's sometimes you just got to just, you know, stop trying to make an excuse, right? And I'm not saying he always does, but Cardinals fans are smart. And Cardinals fans have been very educated in baseball for a long time, right? Like in St. Louis, Missouri, they eat, they drink, they sleep. St. Louis Cardinals baseball. Um, it's a Friday night. They're watching the game, right? If it's, um, you know, they got the St. Louis Blues and the Cardinals. And, and obviously the soccer team's trying to catch, catch, you know, catch on there. But Cardinals fans are smart and Cardinals fans will accept you. They just need transparency. Cardinals fans will not boo you. I have not seen St. Louis Cardinals fans boo teams until about this year. Cardinals fans are good baseball fans. And if they start booing, there's generally a reason for why they're booing. Okay. Um, so that's my thing about look about Mike Schilt, right? Like, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Mike Schilt, let me take a sip here. I hope Mike Schilt tomorrow, um, you know, says, you know, criticizes his team if they lose. Or um, if, 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 I hope Mike Schilt, oh goodness, I keep saying Mike Schilt. Look what I done did. I'm, I'm in Ali Marmol. But I hope that if Ali Marmol goes on a 10, 15 game win streak, I hope, you know, I've been wrong about him the whole time. But the way I say it, see it is if he gets fired tomorrow, I would not bat an eye to that move, right? Like I'm not, I'm, you know, obviously it's sad, man, loses a job. I'm sure he'd find something else in baseball, but if he lost his job tomorrow, Cardinals fans as a whole are not just going to, you know, feel bad for the guy, right? Um, but if he's also the manager the rest of the year and, you know, the Cardinals do win the NL Central, that also wouldn't necessarily surprise me. I have lowered my expectations for this ball club, right? But at the same time, man, like, Nothing's going to surprise me at this point. You know, I put out a tweet. I said the Cardinals could finish 10, 15 games under 500 and, you know, the third worst record in the National League. Or the Cardinals could go ahead and win the NL Central and win a wild card series and get knocked out of the NLDS. And it wouldn't surprise me at this point, you know. So that's where I'm at with the state of the team. And it's tough because when you record these podcasts, and there's a lot of all these media outlets are guilty of the same thing, right? I'm just a smaller Believe in Cardinals podcast network. But if you go listen to some of the local St. Louis, St. Louis radio stations, they're the same way, right? Like, they, it's very reactionary. And when you play a 162-game season, it is normal to be reactionary. But at the same time, man, I want everyone to realize that this team is nine games under 500, right? Um, that is not the Cardinal expectation, and they were preseason favorites to win the division, right? I've said this over and over and over on this podcast. If the St. Louis Cardinals were projected to finish fourth or fifth in the NL Central, no one would be saying anything about the way they're playing right now, right? But you can't be an odds-on Vegas favorite to win the division and trot out on June 9th 
and be nine games under 500, eight games back in the NL Central, and ex- you know expect the fan base to accept that, right? That's not the way baseball works. Fans are educated. Cardinals fans are educated. They understand the betting market. They understand you know the state of the Cardinals and where the team's at in the standings. And that's just the way it is, man. So anyway, I think that's all I'm going to say tonight. Just more of a casual podcast. Didn't really have many notes. Just wanted to come out here and talk ball. But I I want to go back to the big beginning and what I was talking about is I had a good feeling this morning when I woke up about this team. And I think I, I was probably 60% that the Cardinals would win the NL Central a couple weeks ago. I'm down to about 50. Like I said, I lowered my expectations. But this team has a lot of potential, and I really think that they are going to make a good move come trade deadline. And not only that, they got a talented, talented offense. And I really do think they have a good chance of winning the NL Central, even though, as I sit here, on June 9th, and they're eight games back. Okay? So I have a good feeling. They're up 4-0 right now. With a win tonight, they would be seven and a half games back because the Brewers look like they might lose. So anyway... That's all I got. As always, I am Braxton Wheeler, and this is the Believe in Cardinals podcast. Everyone enjoy their weekend. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.